of mankind. Poor Christian as I am, it grieves and shames me to see a generation instructed by the Prince of Peace proposing to set him on a dunce's stool and to crown him with a fool's cap. At the very moment that these words were shaking Faneuil Hall, debate on the same question, overseas expansion, was reaching a climax in Congress. It is a marvelous coincidence. The first anti-imperialist rally in American history was held on the same day that Congress voted also for the first time on whether the United States should take an overseas colony. That day, June 15, 1898, marked the beginning of a great political and ideological conflict. The Faneuil Hall meeting was set to end at five o'clock. In Washington, the House of Representatives scheduled its decisive vote— for precisely the same hour. Every member of Congress understood that history was about to be made. President McKinley had decided that the United States should push its power into the Pacific Ocean and that, as a first step, it must seize the Hawaiian Islands. Some Americans found the idea intoxicating. Others despaired for the future of their country. One of them was the Speaker of the House, Thomas Reed, a figure so powerful that he was known as Tsar. Reed, a blunt-spoken Maine lawyer who had sought the Republican presidential nomination just two years before and lost in part because of his anti-imperialist views, was repelled by the swaggering nationalism that had taken hold of Congress. Annexing Hawaii seemed to him not simply unwise but absurd— He told a friend that the United States might as well annex the moon. So deep was Reed's anger or depression that he could not bring himself to preside over a vote that might lead to annexation. On the morning of June 15th, he sent word that he would not appear. Empire was the traditional way for rising states to expand their power, and in 1898 the American military had the means to make its imperial bid— Yet the United States had been founded through rebellion against a distant sovereign. It was pledged, above all, to the ideal of self-government. For a country that was once a colony to begin taking colonies of its own would be something new in modern history. The most potent arguments against imperial expansion were drawn from American scripture. According to the Declaration of Independence, liberty is an inalienable right— The Constitution's opening phrase is, We the People. George Washington sounded much like an anti-imperialist when he asked, Why quit our own to stand upon foreign ground? So did Thomas Jefferson when he insisted, If there be one principle more deeply written than any other in the mind of every American, it is that we should have nothing to do with conquest. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed at Gettysburg that governments should be of the people, by the people, for the people. Later he declared, No man is good enough to govern another man without the other's consent. To all of this, the imperialists had a simple answer. Times have changed. Past generations, they argued, could not have foreseen the race for colonies that consumed the world at the end of the nineteenth century, nor could they have known how important it would be for the United States to control foreign markets in order to ensure stability at home. In 1863, Lincoln himself had admitted that dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present.
The same principle, expansionists argued, applied in 1898. One of Speaker Reed's deputies gaveled the House of Representatives to order at midday on June 15th. The debate began with due gravity. Since that fateful shot was fired at Sumter, Representative Champ Clark of Missouri said as it began, a greater question has not been debated in the American Congress. The first speakers argued that bringing Hawaii into the United States would be a step in the march of human progress. This annexation is not a conquest or a subjugation of others, but a continuation of our established policy of opening lands to the colonial energy of the great colonizing nation of the century, argued Richard Parker of New Jersey. To pass up such a chance, he concluded, would be antediluvian and thorough stupidity. Edwin Ridgely of Kansas agreed.